Sir, looking for Captain Leo. You must have really messed up if they sent you to Leo. Do you know why you're here? Maybe because I broke chain of command. Harp, he's not like us. You're up. You're commanding officer, and I'm gonna give you 60 seconds to deal with it. Yes, sir. Greetings and salutations, and at long last, welcome to another episode of The Enfranchised. This is a movie podcast where we have just one rule. We focus on original films only. No sequels, no prequels, no reboots. This is a safe space to talk about new stories and new characters. My name is Robert Taylor, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Stuart Smith. Stu, this is our first episode since September when we did the Good Time Uncut Gems double feature. Now, do we blame the pandemic for that delay? Do we blame stress over the recent election, which thankfully worked out okay? Do we blame a lack of new releases? Do we blame our own laziness? Honestly, I mean, it, why not all why all of the above, man? It could like, be all. It, you know, it's it's a new day in America. <laughs> I legitimately slept the best that I've slept in four years, probably. It's almost like we could take a breath again and just talk about dumb shit like movies. You really can. I mean, there, there is, it honestly, obviously nothing is perfect anymore. You know, things didn't get fixed overnight and they won't get fixed overnight, but things are just better. Like I am, you know, at least more optimistic for once and for the first time in four years. And it does feel like we can Uh, divert brain power to something other than like worry about the state of our country. Well, even even though we're still dealing with an awful pandemic and like things need fixed, but but uh, and plus at the same time, too, you know, like like what you said, I mean, movies have been unbelievably sparse. Yes, we're going to (laughs) be talking more about that in this episode. Yes. So it just, you know, it hasn't been easy to to get material that's worth talking about. Right. So in this episode, we are going to discuss Outside the Wire a new Netflix original sci-fi action film starring Anthony Mackie, who you might know as Falcon from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But past that, I'd also like to talk a bit about Netflix originals as a whole. As you just alluded to, Stu, they may be they may still be our primary provider of new movie content for a they, good, well, for a good oh many my... months. Not just Netflix, but all the streamers, but I mean, particularly we, we could, Netflix. We could dedicate an entire podcast just to Netflix's stuff with their new plan that they have. It's kind of insane. Yeah, so, uh, Stu, I don't know if you saw, but just about an hour before we started recording, they announced that the new James Bond movie got delayed again until October. It got delayed until October. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters, uh, Afterlife just got pushed back again. Uncharted, 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 yeah. Yeah, Uncharted back Ed, in 2022. Edgar Wright's movie got pushed back to October as well. So, even though we don't talk about these movies on this particular podcast, you and I are obviously still really looking forward to them. And it's looking, oh, it's looking dire. <laughs> that yeah, regard. It's pretty bad. I mean, it, you're, you, and we, we'll kind of get into this a little bit later too, but it's like, you're, you're kind of starting to think that maybe Warner brothers has the better idea. They might. With, with their plan. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later though. So, 
so first we'll go ahead and tackle outside the wire. Uh, for anyone interested, I did write a print review of this film, which you can read right now at cultspark.com. And now we're podcasting about it, which honestly may seem like a bit of overkill for this movie. But I mean, here's the, look, here's the thing. We always open the discussion on the show by answering the questions. You know, why did we pick this movie to talk about? Why were we interested in discussing this movie? And, and for, that's kind of a complicated answer. Right. Well, for me, and again, you just mentioned this. It's because a few weeks ago, Netflix announced that they were going to release a ridiculous 71 new original movies this year at least one per week and outside the wire was the first sort of big one they put out following the announcement so i thought it may prove to be sort of a barometer of what we have to look forward to you know from the streaming services and from netflix this year uh did you have a similar interest for watching this Stu, or was it just because i made you or are we just missing you know, movies or uh, honestly i didn't even know that this existed until you pointed it out and said, hey, maybe we should consider podcasting about this. Which is a problem with Netflix <clears throat> movies sometimes. Right. It, yeah. it is. You know, and sometimes it works out for the best, sometimes not. And sometimes you get a movie like this. I, uh, you know, uh, even having not known anything about it, I watched the trailer and it's an interesting concept. Uh, I love Anthony Mackie, love him to death. You know, I always get at least some amount of enjoyment from at least his performance uh, when, whenever he's in a movie, you know, he's obviously not a huge box office draw, but I, I mean, he is, he is a reliable performer, really enjoyed him. Plus, you know, it's, it's rare. I mean, this is a, an, a sci-fi action movie with two, you know, two people of color as the leads. When was the last time that happened? It's rare. And I... I was going to save this for later, but Netflix does do a particularly good job of putting minorities on the screen and behind they the do. camera with a they lot do. of their stuff. Yes. Credit to them for that, if nothing else. This movie was directed by Swedish director Mikhail Halström. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he's I don't I haven't seen anything else he's done. I checked over his IMDb. He's most known for Evil, a uh, 2000. Three Swedish film that was nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. He directed 1408, a uh, Stephen King based film I haven't seen. He directed The Escape Plan, which is Escape. Which I, is I've, the, seen, I've seen Escape Plan. That's a Stallone Schwarzenegger team up. How is Escape Plan any good, Stu? I haven't seen it. It's it's a it's a perfectly serviceable uh, watch it while you're folding clothes on on TNT kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it has. Two great moments in it, uh, both of them involving Schwarzenegger. Uh, one of them is where he's, uh, he's put into solitary confinement and he, they kind of, you know, maneuver their way because they need him to, to be in solitary to make their plan work. And so he fakes going crazy and he does the entire scene in German and it's, it's captivating. Like the, the way that it's shot is, is interesting and unusual, uh, you know, to kind of add to the tone, but, you know, seeing him, you know, do this whole scene in his native tongue uh, is just fascinating. It's it's honestly one of the best acted uh, scenes in his entire career. You know, and then there's a bit toward the end where you see him get that Arnold smirk with his squinty eyes and the grin and he, you know, let's go with a chain gun. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's fine. You okay, know. so... Uh... 
Halfstrom, and again, I apologize for mispronouncing his name, but he's been around for a while since. The right was actually entertaining. I saw that too. It's got Anthony Hopkins in it. Pretty good. You know, supernatural horror films. This guy does seem to like genre-y stuff, which is, you know, horror films, action films, sci-fi films, the type of stuff we tackle on the show, which I assume is why he would be hired for a movie like this. Um, the, so outside the wire has Mackie playing a sort of Terminator-esque android soldier who is stationed in a ravaged war-torn Eastern Europe in the 2030s, so the near future. Uh, and then Damson Idris plays a drone pilot who, after disobeying a direct command, is assigned to accompany Mackie in the field. Together, they need to track down a terrorist who's trying to find the locations and launch codes for some abandoned Russian nukes. So it has a very sort of James Bond-esque plot, but with this science fiction coding on it. Yeah, it, it's kind of a mix of things, you know, uh, you know, and the whole thing, the whole thing, despite being, you know, very, uh, you know, very grounded in sci-fi is, you know, dirty and gritty and, and ground level type stuff. You know, you're not seeing people use laser guns or, or anything like that. Right. And, uh, Mackie, I don't have as much of an impression of him as you do. I basically only know him from the MCU, where he's fine. He's cool. You need to, you need to watch the Adjustment Bureau. That was yeah. one of the first things I remember watching him in. Which is one of my... Uh, that's God, I love that movie. I, I think it's one of the most underrated movies of the last 10, 15 years. And then Idris, who is younger, I had actually recently seen him in a Black Mirror episode where he's really good, but I actually didn't even realize it was the same guy until I looked him up after. Uh, I know he stars on Snowfall on FX, which I don't watch. It's an FX show, so my guess is it's solid, but I didn't really know much about him either. Yeah, this is the first thing I'd ever seen him in. Um, so, you know, I'm coming in as a blank. It's, it's a genre movie. We're hungry for genre movies. It's on Netflix. We're going to we decide to watch it. And sure. so anyone who's read my print review knows I didn't enjoy this movie very much at all. Um, I don't want to I don't want to reiterate everything I said in the review. You can go read that. I do want to make the the, the the point that you actually just said, Stu, you know, this is a very grounded, gritty sci fi movies that doesn't have lasers or, you know, any it's, right. it's more of a realistic. And I think that's a big part of the problem here, at least for really? me. Yeah, it's like if you're going to make a movie where Anthony Mackie is a Terminator like Android put in these wartime situations, I want it to be a little bit outlandish. I want, you know, the the science fiction pedal pushed a little bit harder rather than just this sort of generic gritty war drama that has a light science fiction coding. I'd almost like pick a direction and go with it. Either get rid of the sci-fi stuff or let's do the sci-fi stuff, but really do it. There's not much of a point in this movie where Anthony Mackie technically even needs to be an android for it to still make sense. Like, if he's just a normal human being, about 90% of the movie still works as is. And I just think it leads to some odd reasoning of why they chose to tell the story in this genre. Because the story tries to do a lot of different things. It's like this morality play about the ethics of drone warfare... And, you know, some sort of very serious, uh, sort of like the PTSD of a drone, you know, a drone pilot who's, you know, killing people on a computer screen, but doesn't really feel it until it's right until he gets put into the field and it's right up in his face. So it's like tackling like these sort of serious subjects that any basically war movie could tackle. 
but in a science fiction genre that its heart only seems half-heartedly in. That makes sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense, and you're not necessarily wrong. These days, I appreciate ambition almost as much, if not more than, in some cases, than actual execution. You know, I, I love that this movie has definite, tangible ideas on its mind, and that it is, for a time at least, like, it, it is it is about all of those things. You know, the, the, the ethics of drone warfare, and, you know, artificial intelligence, and doing things for the greater good, you know, you know, needs of the many versus the needs of the few. Um, and it's about those things until it isn't. And it kind of slides in and out of being, you know, of addressing those themes and trying to tackle them. And then it just kind of forgets about them for a stretch. And it just kind of goes off and does other things and focuses more on, you know, the very direct plot or an action scene or whatever. Um, and so if it has a, a glaring fault. It's the fact that it never, it, it needed to try and, and talk about or address, you know, fewer things, just, you know, pick a theme, stick with it the whole time and, and really dig into it because you, I mean, I think you could do that with any, any one of the major themes that this movie tries to tackle, uh, still keep the settings, still keep the characters, still keep the mission, what it is and, you know, come out better because it has more time you know, and more headspace to to focus on that one thing. Yeah, I mean, I I basically agree with all of that. I would just say it worked less for me as a result. Like, I think in my review, I say something like it's thematically overstuffed, but because because it's overstuffed and because it's also paying lip service to these science fiction things, that makes it slightly more interesting. It, but it, it, I, I agree with what you're saying about the movie's ambition. But it also makes it so that none of these things really connect in any tangible, meaningful way for me. And so what I'm left with is thinking, if none of this is really going to work, I'd rather just get a Terminator ripoff with (laughs) Anthony Mackie in the near future in a war toward Eastern Europe. I I will say, like, one of the things, like, I, I, you know, I think it would have been fine if they had gone the whole, you know, lasers and, and all, you know, just really, you know, much much bigger sci-fi, you know, less like, oh, they have drone robots and they're all using machine guns and stuff like that. Give them some laser cannons. It's not going to matter. I, um, I did like but, the, the gumps, the robots, the, uh, right. the, 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 there, there are robotic soldiers in this movie that are not, that are not androids like Anthony Mackie. They're these, the, I, I think I described them in my review as sort of more in, intimidating versions of like the uh, battle droids from the Star Wars prequels. They're yeah, these, pretty much. They're well, these it, hulking robot, half robot, half tank things, and they're pretty cool. But then again, the movie does again like forget about them after a little bit. Well, while. and that was that was one of the things that I actually was expecting the movie to address was like, okay, are there other people manning those? You know, the Gumps are are they purely, you know. Are they purely programming driven? Like, you know, what that that just kind of I don't think they had pilots. I think they were programs with a basic AI, like an early version of what Mackie was supposed to. Well, part of me gets this in the sense that like that was maybe like an earlier draft where, you know, now uh, now Harp has to kind of reconcile with, you know, being in the field with these other things that are piloted by other humans. But. 
you know, it never feels real fighting next to them, you know, now that he's on the ground, that kind of a thing. You know what? I'll go ahead and we're going to before I say this, we're going to get into some let's try not to get too spoilery from this point. Sure. Through, but we're, we are going to get into some more moderate spoilers at this point for anybody listening who may have concerns about that. But yeah, like I thought, especially since there's a nature of whose side is everyone really on and there's some twists and turns. And I, you know, it would be cool at some point to have our heroes, our characters who are following this movie have to fight these gumps or, you know, there'd be, you know, uh, you know, but it's the twists and turns in the movie. They could put some of that sci-fi tech that's in the first half hour to better use. But again, it just kind of fades away after a while. And that never really happens. Right. It ends again. This movie mostly ends just like a million generic DTV action movies. Sure. So that was disappointing to me. Yeah. And, and in a way, I, I think there was again, it, it I think a lot of the problems here is that, you know, this script needed at least a couple more passes to really you know focus things, tighten things up. Because I, I think there's there also too is some interesting stuff to to mine from, you know, the idea of okay, you have these very base level robots, you know, that go out into the field and do you know do grunt work and stuff, and then you've got all this money, you know, all the money poured into that, and all the money that is poured certainly poured into you know into Mackie's character into developing this more human than human AI, and you know. I, I feel like there's, you know, space where you could have played with that, where, you know, it, it delves into human costs versus the, you know, just sending proxies into war, that kind of a thing. There's also some weird script stuff. Like, there there's a villain in this movie, the terrorist, who's played by the guy who's Euron Greyjoy on Game of Thrones. And, like, they talk about him nonstop in, like, the first third of this movie, but he never actually shows up until like past the halfway point we never even see him and then as quickly as he shows up he's gone and that's not really what the movie ends up being about so it's you're right it really needed another pass or two i think in the script because it's just you can't build up this villain as this ultimate badass that we have to send killer robots to take down and oh here he is an hour into the movie and oh an hour and 15 minutes in the movie he's gone and now the movie's about this instead really awkward really awkward so, you know, you have that sort of unfocused attention on the villain. And then I also had this issue where, like, you know, Anthony Mackie is a next generation cyborg warrior, but he's, you know, the fighting that he does in this movie, sort of the action scenes, they're really, they're no different than what we see from John Wick or any number of human characters in action cinema these days. There's no, there's nothing creative there that speaks to, let's make this guy a robot. Let's make this guy artificial intelligence so that we can bust out some, you know, some action scenes we've never seen before. That never happens in this movie. Well, I, okay. I, you're right. And it would have been cooler to see something more wild, but at the same time, you know, I mean, he's, he's still a soldier, you know, and soldiers aren't creative. They do what they're trained to do. They're do, they do what they're told to do, which, you know, in the case like this, it would be, take down every enemy, every target with extreme prejudice as quickly as possible. And that's what he does, you know, so I can, you know, I can kind of understand what their mindset might've been, you know, in addition to the fact that it would have cost more money to do way more creative stuff. And clearly this was a movie being made on a, on a budget, 
Yeah, so I, I, I think it works within the context. Like, I don't think that it betrays necessarily uh, Mackie's character or anything like that. Though, I, you know, I, I will certainly admit that I, I would have liked something a bit more flamboyant or, you know, visually interesting. There are a couple things I will credit this movie for. Uh, one of them you already mentioned, we have two black leads in an action movie. Don't see a lot. Good job, Netflix. I'll also point out something that crossed my mind while watching this. I think I mentioned it in my print review, too. This movie isn't afraid to kill like civilians and bystanders and show yeah, you it's really not. and show you the carnage that's going on around the action scenes. You don't see that in action movies a lot. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of action movies out there, big budget ones where, you know, there's just chaos moving across there's not a lot a, of collateral. Damage. Yeah, chaos moving across the public space, but no collateral damage to speak of. And and in this in this movie, there is and it. It kind of bends into my criticism where it's trying to be a gritty war movie. At the same time, it's trying to be a fun science fiction movie. But I'm not going to hold it against it because it just seems so rare in the action genre. Right. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, I it's I just think Netflix needs to do better. I, they seem to like Mackie. He was a lead on what's what's the Netflix series he was a lead on? Uh, he was made the lead of uh, Altered Carbon season two. Yes, and he also did uh, an episode of Black Mirror um, yeah. when, when it entered its Netflix season. So Netflix likes Anthony Mackie. As um, they should. Yeah, he's, he's, I he's mean, likable. He's, 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 I like him as the Falcon. He's fine here, not really served by the script, but he's like a sturdy, action-dramatic performer. Sure. Um, I can see why they're banking on him. You know, he's someone that people are going to recognize without probably costing a lot. <laughs> you know, you're not paying. Yeah, Will, no, you're he, not paying he, Will Smith in his prime money to get Anthony Mackie. He's a solid, you know, B tier choice. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, if they're gonna, if he's gonna keep doing this stuff with them, I, I hope they get him some better movies. And I there's, agree. and there's uh, nothing else in this film really stood out for me to talk about. It's a generic sci-fi actioner. Is is what it is, and it's. Which I thought, you know, Netflix has this issue. I thought, did you ever watch The Old Guard, Stu? The Charlize uh, Theron? No, I never did. I meant to. So, yeah, you know, there was the Charlize Theron sort of fantasy-based act. That was more fantasy than sci-fi, but it reminded they, me they of... Can't, they can't all be extraction. Uh, yeah, they can't all. And we're trust me, we're going to talk yeah. about extraction, too, because I never pass up the opportunity to talk about extraction. <laughs> but it's like... How many times have you watched extraction? Just the once, actually. Just... I sh- Have you watched it more than once yet? No, I haven't. We should, because we love that movie. Before we move on to Netflix at large, Stu, who are we recommending Outside the Wire to? I I would say you're recommending it to sort of sci-fi action film fans and and nobody else, because I don't see any crossover of this movie outside of that group. If you need something to watch while you're doing, you know, like folding three huge loads of laundry, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. It's a folding laundry. You've like patented this. What, uh, what was the, what was the Stephen King movie that we did on this show? In the Tall Grass. Yeah, you called In the Tall Grass a folding laundry movie too. There's, yeah. we, we we need to have like the folding laundry scale. Like how many loads of laundry can <laughs> Stu do? Well, well that's, that's that's not a good barometer because I fold clothes really fast. Like I'm, I'm the only one who folds clothes in my house because my wife takes forever to do them. So I'm like, I just just give it to me. I'll I'll be done 30 minutes into a movie. 
So a lot of these unfranchised films, they end up becoming yeah. <laughs> refolding films. Can you, do you see anybody else you can recommend this to besides like hardcore science fiction action film fans that want to watch all of these movies? People who I mean, thirst for Anthony Mackie, I guess. Sure. I, yeah. I am yeah. sure they are out there. No, they are. They are. You know what? I mean, you get to see him with a shirt off a couple times, so sure. He's translucent know. some of those times. He is translucent. But, hey, maybe that's someone's kink. Uh, I, I have a new uh, sort of category I've added, a new question I want to put in all these episodes, which we're hopefully going to do a lot more of in 2021. But uh, the new topics do is, should this film become a franchise? And, well, I don't know how it, I don't know how it would. Yeah, my answer is no, because the plot is self-contained and the movie doesn't really, without spoiling things, it doesn't really leave a lot of room for further adventures. I mean, so, I, you know, I could see how they could, you know, there are ways you could do it that aren't far-fetched, but I'm not sure that there would. Even if you could figure it out, I do not believe Outside the Wire should become a franchise. No, it's, no, no. Okay, so that's enough talk about that. Uh, watch it if it sounds interesting to you. Uh, check out my review at cultspark.com for a little bit more of a breakdown. I do want to spend a, a bit of time talking about Netflix as a whole, Stu. So again, uh, like a couple days before they released Outside the Wire, they announced that they are going to release a shit ton of films this year while we're still in a pandemic, while movie theaters are still closed. A lot of these movies Netflix has made themselves. Uh, they're probably, you know, low to mid budget things. Uh, some of them are films that were supposed to be released theatrically by the big studios, but now were purchased by Netflix. Uh, I think the big one is Red Notice, which is a big action movie with Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. So are we again? This is what we're going to have, at least through the first half of the this year. Are we excited to watch and talk about these movies? Did you watch the big trailer, Stu? Are you enthused by what are you enthused by what's coming down the line from Netflix? Yeah. On the whole, I am more optimistic about it than I'm not, if only because with that many movies, they can't all be bad. <laughs> they right. can't all be Some bad of them are going to be some of them are going to be extraction. Right. Some of yeah, and I'm sure some of them will be bad. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I I am very more than anything, I'm just really curious about it because this is uh, you know, I mean, this is a whole new paradigm. I mean, 77 movies i mean that's more movies than any one studio would distribute would distribute in a in a given year and to be clear it's it's not just net i mean we have hbo max has original films coming out including the ones they're releasing at the same time in theaters they're big ones um apple tv's making movies i mean all the streamers are making movies right. it's just we talked about a netflix film today and netflix i believe is the most subscribed to streaming service so a lot of people are going to be watching these movies a lot of people are going to be watching these movies yeah what kinds of films do we think they should be making because i one of the reactions i've had so far is that they seem really obsessed they do a lot of sort of ya stuff for younger audiences which is a little out of yours and my my wheelhouses but that's fine and then, and then they do a lot of high concept stuff like this outside the wire is sort of a high concept science fiction film. And the old guard was very high concept. And some of the ones they've announced seem very, they like genre stuff. They like high concept genre stuff. 
Whereas, and mentioning again, the I think the Netflix original that's worked most for us lately is Extraction, which is not a high concept. It's very low concept no. meat and potatoes, and it's maybe they should be making more movies like that instead of doing but, these it, sort of high concept, mid budget sci fi fantasy things that they seem to really be into. What they need, what they need to be doing, because what they have had the most success with, just in terms of both good movies and you know quality. You know, movies that are entertaining, movie is give it to a director, give them a, give them, a, throw money at them, so and we've, let, we've, let them make the, let them make the movie that they want to make because the best movies that are on there are stuff like uh, Beasts of No Nation, which was like that was like one of their very first original films that um, I think it was the first. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, and. Um, uh, Oh, the, the guy that's directing the new Bond movie directed it. Kerry Fukunaga? Yeah, thank you. Um, that's, that, that was a really good movie. I really liked it. I thought it was And, excellent. you know, they've done this and with Martin Scorsese for The Martin, Irishman. Martin they've done it with, with Spike with, Lee. They've done it with Spike Lee. They did it with, uh, you know, with Roma. Um, mm-hmm. they did it with Michael Bay. And, well, well, well. Well, okay. Let's no. not lump in Michael Bay with Alfonso Cuarón, Spike Lee, and Martin Scorsese, please. But well, no, 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 okay. no, no. What my point is is <laughs> okay. that you can argue the merits of, of Six Underground. I had a blast with I it. I haven't seen but it, it, so I won't. But it's it is one hundred percent pure, uncut Michael Bay. It's a it's a well known filmmaker is, being his vision being fully funded. Right. It sure. is it is one hundred percent the movie that he wanted to make, and for better or worse, I think it's for the better. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was what it was. It looked like a million bucks. I, that's what they need to do. I mean, they need to throw money at, at talented at, directors at known who, who, who know what they want to make and let them do their thing. Um, and that is, that is, that is what will produce great results. They did the, the Coen brothers Western too, which I really liked. Ballad of Buster yeah. Scruggs. Yeah, that was um, a lot of, I, I had a, I had a great time with that. But at the same time, well, first of all, let's just say that sometimes they do seem like they get more credit for their shows and miniseries, which are often very well regarded than right. their films, which a lot of times are sort of written off by film Twitter and reviewers and sort of the online film culture is disposable. Do you think that's fair? I, I mean, there are there are more disposable Netflix original movies than there are not. You know, for every Roma or the Irishman, I mean, you've got God knows how many other just totally forgettable movies that somebody will watch once and never watch again. But then again, some of like their big hits were like Bird Box. Was that what the Sandra Bullock one was called? I believe. Uh, Yeah. You know, that was a big hit and an extraction, which we loved. But I saw too many people writing off is just inconsequential. Those have also been some of their, their biggest. I think more people watch those movies than watched the Irishman. Yeah, they did. But, uh, but at the same time, but I mean, even with, I mean, with something like bird box, I mean, that's, that's a weird movie. Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't a sure hit, but they let, they let the director make the movie that they wanted to make. And I mean, it kind of became this like viral hit. I mean, I remember the weekend that it came out, I mean, like, that's all people were talking about. So let's let's so I think we can agree on these things. Go ahead and throw money at 
a tour directors who are sort of looking for a life raft, you know, for, right, for sure. a place that will, you know, budget and make their movies. Do that. Go ahead and take chances on weird genre stuff, you know, mid-budget, low-budget genre stuff that a lot of the studios don't seem interested in anymore. Do that. I just, you know, I would just caution that they don't start trying to do all these high-concept sci-fi things that they that then they don't have the money to throw behind them to really make them stand out. Right. I think I think Netflix Netflix had the money to really let someone, you know, to really let outside the wire flourish, as it were. I just think the script wasn't there. I think that if the script had had more confidence and more focus. You know, and maybe a little bit more. So you're saying they would have spent more money on it. It just, they didn't, it wasn't what was in the script. I think it's entirely possible that Netflix could or would have. And I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the budget was or what they spent. Yeah, I have no idea. It struck me as, you know, something they weren't throwing Terminator money at. Not the original Terminator. Terminator (laughs) sequel. Terminator Terminator. sequel money at. This, yeah, I was going to say, this definitely doesn't have Terminator 2 money. It doesn't even have Terminator 3 money. No. Doesn't have any, no. Absolutely not. So there are some of these. I mean, uh, <laughs> Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder movie. I'm actually, you know. I'm, oh, I can't I, wait I'm, to see I'm that. I'm pretty on the record about some recent Zack Snyder things, but I'm really looking forward to Army of the Dead. The Harder They Fall, which is that Western with a sort of amazing, predominantly black cast that's coming. That looks tremendous. Yeah, that so looks fantastic. So there is some really interesting stuff yeah. in the pipeline. Um, they have the big Russo brothers movie with Gosling and Evans, although I don't think that's coming this year. I think that's 2022, no. but uh, like you said, 71 movies, there's going to be like 10 super interesting ones that we're dying to see. And then maybe 20 that end up being worth your time and then really good. And then there's going to be like 50 that most people ignore that might not be great. That might leave the enterprise as a whole might give it a bad name. You could make the case is this too many movies to release. Should they be focusing on 30 that they just know are going to be excellent, that they have top-tier talent behind, rather than I making mean, 70? I, I think you can always make the case that fewer, more focused is better. Uh, but I also don't think that they they necessarily... I mean, Netflix is the new cable TV, where you just kind of scroll, and, you know, instead of channel surfing, you just scroll through the tiers, and, you know, the the genres and subgenres and stuff until you come across something that, that piques your interest. You're right, but you it's, it's not, but for the foreseeable future, it's not just that it's also, sure. it's also along with these other streaming services where we get our movies from. Right. <laughs> so do I wish the green Knight was one on a streaming service right now? Yes, I do. Do I wish that Bob Odenkirk action <laughs> movie was going to be on a streaming service? Yes, I do. Because I would like to see these movies. Well, so I, I guess my, my point is that, like, yeah, they should be more focused, but, you know, they have to, they have to feed the beast, as it were. Right. You know, having just, having just even 20 movies isn't going to cut it. I mean, you know, they need to have just a ton of stuff in there to keep people coming back because there probably are a lot of people who will watch most of those, you know, movies at some point, just because, you know, they want to sit and turn their brain off and just watch something. I really liked Extraction, and I would like to see some more meat and potatoes action movies. I thought that sure. might, I thought that might be what we were going to get, and we still might get. And then, and then, like we said, it went to the Old Guard and Outside the Wire, and some of these sort of headier science fiction fantasy things. It's like, 
I, Extraction was kind of a throwback to 80s, 90s action movies. And I, I, I'm guilty of, you know, being a sucker for that kind of film, but I'd like to see some more of it. But, um, hey, if we don't get lazy, if we don't get depressed, <laughs> we should be able to talk about a lot of these on the show, right? I would agree with that. Uh, if anybody listening has any recommendations, uh, for us, any movies you'd like us to tackle, we will, we will gladly watch and talk about anything that's original that's, we can watch, you know, at home somehow that's been released in the last year or two or three, somewhat recently. Check the show notes. You can find me and Stu online. Uh, we're looking for stuff to watch, so feel free to recommend anything. We'll definitely be tackling some of these Netflix movies. Stu, thanks for doing this with me again. A pleasure as always. And we will talk to you all again soon. Bye. The Unfranchised is a film podcast produced by the staff of Cultspark.com and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. If you enjoy our show, please subscribe and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Your support is essential in our ability to highlight smaller films by growing our audience. You can follow our hosts on Twitter at Robert B. Taylor and at Stubidoo. For updates on The Unfranchised, please follow the show on Twitter at The Unfranchised or follow CultSpark on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CultSpark. You can email us at TheUnfranchised at CultSpark.com. Visit CultSpark.com for print reviews and essays on films in the horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action, and noir genres. <laughs>